0: I'm Amanda, and this is Not Your Granny's Quilt Show. Hi, hi. Welcome to today's episode. Today, I have Chris of Rose City Originals. He's a pattern designer, he's a content creator. If you don't know him from his socials, go check him out at Rose City Originals. You can find him on pretty much every platform that way, and the links are in the show notes. So while you're going and hunting for him and following him on all his platforms, you can listen to this episode where we find out about his quilting journey, how he got into it, started designing, and what his current projects are. If you have not already seen it, he has released a new pattern this year called Ripple Bloom. It's really great beginner-friendly way to get into his pattern style. So go check that out and please enjoy this episode. Hello, my lovely listeners. This episode is brought to you by Unfold. As makers, we all know how tough it can be to find a moment of rest and quiet during this busy season. Family and work, even our own dear hobby, can all feel overwhelming and make it hard to manage the day-to-day. Well, Christina Bonnet has launched an extraordinary program that is bound to resonate with many of my listeners. It's called Unfold, a holistic expedition to uncover your wisdom and deep restfulness. If you're on a journey toward balance and growth, this three-month program is tailor-made for you. Crafted with immense love and meticulous attention, Unfold integrates powerful practices such as inquiry, drawing inspiration from the work of Byron Katie, non-sleep deep rest techniques, and integral coaching. If like me, you're on a journey to find more peace and joy in your lives, guidance can be crucial in helping you find your way. Christina has designed this expedition to help provide you with the tools that you need for your personal growth and transformation. To learn more, head to www.christinabonnet.com unfold. The link is in the show notes, so go check out Christina's program, Unfold, to see if it's right for you. Again, that's www.christinabonnet.com slash unfold and mention Not Your Granny's Quilt Show to receive a 10% discount today. Get started So thank you so much for being here today, Chris. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. Thanks for having me today.
0: Yeah, this is so fun. I've been following you for a while and I actually found you probably on, I think it was on TikTok maybe, um, doing the, um. I don't even know what to call it. Oh, I guess it was the randomly generated quilts. So like we can talk about that. But before we get there, I want to know how you got started in quilting. How did it come about into your life?
1: So I've been sewing for a very long time, probably since I was about eight years old. I was not allowed to touch my mom's sewing machine, though, until (laughs) I was 10. So I did a lot of hand stitching of like making little outfits for my stuffed animals and, and stuff like that. And then over the years, my focus was really more on fashion design. I Mm. actually started going to college for fashion design. Um, But in, okay, so I did the college for fashion design very briefly. Mm. And then I had a children's clothing line that I designed and manufactured like all myself. It was very small, Um, but it was using recycled t-shirts to make kids clothes. So I would take like men's t-shirts, cut them up, turn them into kids clothes. And I did that when my kids were still small, didn't really have a choice in what they were wearing, (laughs) but they've, they've grown up. They don't live with me full-time anymore. Mm -hmm. So I kind of was falling out of love with that. And in 2018, I made my, I I say my first quilt. Um, I had made a few quilts through the years, but I was Mm -hmm. never really like a quilter. Mm -hmm. Um, But I made one in 2018 for my mother-in-law and I really had fun with it. So then I made one for my sister-in-law and I made one for both of my kids and (laughs) then made one for my mom. So I just kind of got hooked from there. So I've been really focused on quilting for the last five years.
0: Okay. But you've been sewing for a long time before that, which it kind of seems like garment sewing was like everybody's gateway drug into quilting. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So that's so cool. And it's so fun. Like, I think it's funny how people get into it in so many different ways but a lot of times it is that like I want to make something cool for someone and it's not usually I mean I shouldn't say not usually but it's just different how like some people it's like no I want to make this for myself and for some people it's definitely a a gift giving thing so it's just Mm -hmm. interesting to to like hear how different people come into it so Mm -hmm. yeah and with the mom sewing machine thing like my mom was trying to teach me when I was little also but Instead of not being allowed to touch her machine, I was too scared to touch her machine. So
1: that's legitimate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: It's like I mean, she still has that Bernina. It's like a I don't even know. 930. Okay. Bernina nine thirty. Um, so it's like all metal, it's real hefty. It's like she's she's a workhorse, but yes, I still am like terrified to break it. So (laughs) it's fine. But yeah. It's funny. So, well, that's so cool. And like that you were making clothes for your kids. And, you know, I had that same experience with my mom, like making me clothes to wear. So mm-hmm. it's like at the time I was like, Ew, I have to wear that. But now I'm like, Oh, that was actually really sweet.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. My kids are, well, one's a teenager, one's going to be a teenager in a few months. And mm-hmm. they're very much, they have their own sense of style and they don't, you know, really wear what I would make them anymore. So it's yeah. all good.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny how they they very quickly grow out of wanting you to make them things.
2: Yes. That's
0: you know, well, all right. They'll come back around and be like, um, actually, Dad, can you Right. Yeah. <laughs> it'll it'll be a full oval is what we like to call it in our family, because nothing's ever a perfect circle. So
2: <laughs> that's nice.
0: <laughs> so anyway, well, okay, so you've been quilting focused on quilting since 2018. And so how quickly did you get into wanting to turn it into a business or designing or what came first?
1: So in 2019, I designed my first quilt because I was wanting to make something for my husband and I could not find a pattern like with what I envisioned that I wanted to make. Yeah. Um, he's really big into houseplants. So I was trying to find something houseplant related. I was thinking like a big monstera leaf. Mm. And the only things I could find were either like um, paper pieced small blocks, mm. which I'm not huge on paper piecing, or like a giant Hawaiian style applique.
0: Oh, yeah. Which
1: also I'm not really huge <laughs> in applique. So like, I just couldn't find anything that really like, hit the mark of what I wanted to make. So I printed out a picture of a Monstera leaf and put it over some graph paper mm-hmm. and just started kind of sketching out like if I make these little blocks and you know I can cut it at a 45 degree angle to mm-hmm. like make stuff move and
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know just fill it out very like on a grid. And as I started doing that, um I'm like, well, I don't want it to just be like rows of all the same size block there are some quilt right. patterns like that, where you just, everything's like a four inch square, whether it has a half square triangle or a solid piece or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, eh, like that's not really what I'm going for either. So I started mixing in different sizes of squares and rectangles to kind of puzzle piece it together.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that quilt took me longer to lay out and design than it did to sew. So it took me, I think like three or four weeks to plot it out on the graph paper yeah and then it was two weeks to sew it. And I was sewing it after work because I, mm-hmm. you know, still have a day job. Mm-hmm. But I'd have to sew it after I got home from work, but before my husband got home from work, so I could keep it a secret because it was his birthday present. Yeah. And I managed to get it all done within a month. um wow. once I like started sewing it, I like, you know, pieced it all together. I quilted it on my little domestic machine. I got it all bound and everything without him ever knowing it was happening.
0: Wow, that's magical.
1: Yeah. So I I gifted it to him and we uh, he posted some pictures in an online, um, like a Facebook group for house plants. Mm. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh, that's so amazing. Like my mom, so she could totally make that. Is there a pattern? Mm. And so I'm like, well, I have like literally this one piece of paper with just like weird random notes and squiggles <laughs> on it. So it's yeah. not really a pattern. But so many people were asking like, well, maybe I could try writing a pattern that other people can follow for this. Yeah. So that's how like my first one was created. It took me about a year to take it from there and actually publish a pattern for it.
0: Oh, wow. Did you take any courses or anything? Or were you just like kind of following what you saw from other patterns? Or
1: Yeah, like I went and downloaded just like every free pattern from every company I could find just (laughs) to read through it and see like, how is it formatted? What kind of things are out there that make sense or maybe don't make sense mm-hmm. and I used that kind of as my starting point and as I started writing it like writing it the words mm-hmm. was like I, I was like how do I explain this in a way that makes sense to you know a broader audience right and then um, my husband's also really big into lego and mm-hmm. if you've ever put a lego set together like their instructions have no words it's just no. it's pictures it's showing you how you take this little piece and you put it on here on Mm -hmm. like these specific pegs. Like, well, that really works. And that's more universal. Mm -hmm. So I started writing my pattern. You get to a certain point in my patterns and then it's pretty much visual from there on. Mm. Instead of saying, you know, take a half square triangle of these two colors and sew it onto the short end of this color rectangle. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, my, my pattern would be a novel if that was the case. (laughs) So I have it broken down into sections and it's just it's visual like showing yeah. which two pieces join and then mm-hmm. after those are joined take that unit and put it onto the next piece and the next yeah. piece. so um that's how okay. i ended up doing it so i've you know i started by looking at other people's patterns but i would say my pattern style is very different than mm-hmm. anything else i've seen out there
0: that's really cool and it's fun when you know you can put your unique voice into a pattern that can end up kind of technical but it's like you can tell it's yours and your style and when people resonate with that that's like it feels so good like as a maker to find a a style of pattern writing that like feels good
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes it
0: makes sense and you're not fighting it and it just flows with your brain and the way you think it's it's a magical thing so that's really cool
1: yeah and I get comments from customers all the time of just how easy it was to follow because when you look at one of my quilts, it can look a little intimidating because mm-hmm. it is all different um, shapes and sizes, like the different sizes of rectangles and squares all mixed together.
2: Mm-hmm. So if
1: you step back and look at it, it's hard to find where a, like a straight across seam might be. Mm-hmm. You're like, It well, looks like a whole lot of white seams or a whole lot of partial seams. And those, if you've ever done them, you know, are not fun. No. Um, I hate them. So I don't have them in my pattern. So I've done all of the work. I'll do my initial sketch, like, here's how I want it to look. Hmm. And then as I start breaking down each section to give the instructions, I'm like, oh, that's not going to work. I need to like flop these two pieces or Mm -hmm. change the size of this piece so that it is all just regular seams for the entire quilt.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a lovely gift to the people (laughs) who follow your patterns because, yes, Y seams and partial seams are the devil. Yes. I curse them, but, (laughs) um, yeah, your patterns, I, I do have to admit when I first saw them, I was like, holy shit, those look so hard, but I think, you know, obviously you want people to make your stuff. So it's like, what's going to benefit you to make sure your patterns sell and what's going to benefit the maker to make them want to make your quilts. And so I love that it's accessible and the diagrams I'm telling you a good diagram can make all the difference in the world. Cause if you're just following someone's like quickly thrown together thing that they just threw out on word and we're like well I'm gonna make this a thing and sell it on Etsy without any thought to it it's like right. really hard
1: I have one here I know mm. everyone listening to this won't be able to see it but you'll be able to see it
0: yeah and then they cool. can all go
1: stuck me on social media to get examples but this yeah. is how I have it written
0: oh so yes it,
1: it's very visual okay and when you look at it you know it's I have them marketed as intermediate as the level for the pattern, but it's not that it's harder to sew. It's just, there's a lot of pieces to keep track of. Mm-hmm. So I felt for a beginner sewer, that could be a little overwhelming. Yeah. So that's why I have it marketed that way. But even beginner sewers can tackle it if they take their time and just label everything. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. There You can't, don't underestimate labeling, especially, yeah, with quilts that have lots of pieces that are different sizes and yes ugh, yeah that's that's so fun so that was your first the monstera leaf was your first one yep and so what came after that
1: so after I did the monstera leaf which was just two colors like it was green for the leaf and then I used cream for the background Mm -hmm. um the second one I designed was a skull Mm because I love like Halloween and spooky things and skulls and with that one it was now three colors because it was the color for the skull Mm -hmm. the background and then also the shadow in like the eye sockets and the nose Mm -hmm. so pretty much with every pattern I challenge myself to try something new or to like take it a step further from previous work I've done so that was um a pattern I now call dead like me it wasn't Mm -hmm. the second pattern I released because it sat on my computer for a year and a half just taunting me because there was this one square that on my first two test sews somehow just got out of place mm. I was like well I clearly did something wrong so mm. um, but I, I tackled it I got it fixed and now it's a published pattern nice um the th- from there I did nevermore which is a raven skull mm. and with that one I was challenging myself how thin I could get a line in the pattern mm-hmm. um without introducing new shapes because I use now the same standard set of shapes in all of my patterns. Mm, okay. So the same sizes of half square triangles, half rectangle triangles, squares, mm-hmm. rectangles, all that. Uh, so that was never more, and it worked out perfectly. I really like how that one turned out. And then like... I did not release them in the order that I made them. I know that because I had several of them sitting <laughs> on my computer for a while. It's not yeah. the case anymore. Now that I've gotten a little more popular and people have started resonating with my patterns, it's a little, mm-hmm. it's more motivation to actually finish them and publish them instead of yeah. letting them sit on my computer. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. So we did Nevermore. I did do a snowflake. It's actually, there's like two snowflakes split mm-hmm. across it. Um. That was a request of my mother-in-law She wanted that for her bed for, you know, the holidays. Yeah. And with that one, I challenged myself to make a pattern that could be multiple sizes of quilts, Mm. which like hurt my head. It was so (laughs) complicated to try and go like from just the full size. Okay. Then you add these different pieces to make it a queen size. And then you do this other stuff to make it a king size. Mm -hmm. So writing it out, I was like, I'm never going to do that again. So every pattern since then you get the size you get. (laughs)
0: That's it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) and then this year I've kind of deviated from my normal style of quilts um Mm -hmm. I call them like mosaic style because they you know just all the the shapes and I um I design with fat quarters in mind Mm. so you only have you know so many pieces of this particular print or shade of you know the blue background Mm because I want you to mix it up and make it look scrappy because I love scrappy quilts yeah. But I also don't want you to have to go through your scrap bin and find, you know, fifty-seven four-inch squares. Yeah, so, fat quarters are my friend.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but this year I've really focused more on, uh, beginner-friendly patterns.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, so I've released two patterns this year. First one was Coin Toss, which is an uh a good introduction into half rectangle triangles, because they can be tricky. Because the way you set them up, it's not like a half square triangle. You just line everything up and sew. They're like, they're offset from each other, which Mm -hmm. when you're first sewing, you're like, this can't be right.
2: Yeah, it looks crazy. Yeah. Right.
1: (laughs) Um, And then just last month, I released a pattern called Ripple Bloom, which was my first time designing with solids in mind. Mm. So that was my push for that one. And it's been a very, it's actually been my most popular pattern so far. It was a really successful pattern launch
2: yeah and good.
1: it's it's been a lot of fun and it's also a beginner friendly pattern so yeah, that helps yes
0: yeah it's really beautiful and and it does like you know in the lineup of your patterns it does look like the most like approachable like, oh, I can do that, you know yeah, yeah so but I think that's a good introduction too to your to your writing style and then maybe that will make people more adventurous to try your other patterns and you know get them feeling more comfortable and Hopefully. Yeah. I'm hoping so. Yeah. You're, they're beautiful. Your patterns are beautiful. And I love skulls too. I mean, all of my mugs are Jack Skellington oh, and very
2: nice. <laughs>
0: um, Yeah. I've always like had piratey, little piratey things like around and it's been my thing. But anyway, so I can appreciate that you've got several skulls and, and I love that they can look scrappy or I'm, I'm like you. Like, I don't want to sit and take, longer to dig through my scrap bin than it would to just like get fabric and cut it up like
2: Mm -hmm. because
0: if it's not the right color or if it's you know just slightly smaller it's like okay I can't I can't do the thing now because I have to find fabric that fits the sizing or the color scheme and I always have good intentions with scraps but oh my god.
1: Same. Yes. (laughs) It's it's just crazy
0: craziness. But I do like the idea that because you can take you know a curated bundle and make it look scrappy if you do Mm -hmm. it right and so I love that you planned with that in mind so people could still use fabric they love and not have to dig around so that's really cool How awesome and so with your so you do long arm sorry I thought I saw you long arm
1: I do have a long arm yes so I have a grace company cunique 16x elite and this past spring I don't remember when spring summer I got the automation package so I can do just the digital edge to edge pantographs and that really helps me finish quilts mm-hmm. faster yeah so yeah. yeah I have done a few quilts for others I'm starting to dabble into that but yeah. I still work full-time so I don't know like how much of that I'll be able to really yeah. cash in on. so
0: <laughs> yeah because it even with all the automation and you know having a frame and all that it still takes several hours to just do one quilt
1: yes and people get surprised about that because I'll post a video um on like tiktok or or reels and it's Mm -hmm. 60 seconds Mm -hmm. and people will ask how long did that actually take because you just you quilt your row then you have to advance it
2: Mm -hmm. baste
1: everything down smooth it out make sure it's all good do your next row Mm -hmm. and most quilts are like five six hours because mm-hmm. you just a little bit at a time and roll it up and if you you know have puckering somewhere or there's too much fullness then you yeah. have to address that so it still takes time even with like the computer doing the the heavy lifting
0: yeah yeah you're right is kind of a misconception people are like oh you probably get quilts done so fast I'm like well I mean yes and no it's yeah it just depends and long arming for people is a different beast besides just doing it for yourself because you're not as Probably not as stressed as for yourself as you would be with someone else's quilt. So,
1: (laughs) yes, the few I've done for others, like, yeah, I was like measuring exactly how far apart everything was. And did I shift a little? Like, I was so nervous about that. But with my quilt, I'm like, whatever, just Mm -hmm. go. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, I'm like, it overlapped. Oh, well, like,
1: (laughs) right, exactly. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, I, it does get better. I mean, as a person who long arms for other people, it does get better. And the more, because I was at first when we had our business, I was only coming into work like every time I had a break from teaching because I was a teacher. And mm. and so my mom was mostly doing everything and, and I felt like I had to relearn the machine every time. But now that I've been doing it full time and I'm on that machine five days a week, it's like I can do it with my eyes closed right. and I don't even hesitate to quilt someone else's quilt. I mean, sometimes I do because I'm like, oh my God, this is a masterpiece and I don't want to mess it up. But. You know, at the same time, it's like, no, they've trusted me with this, and I need to like put my big girl panties on and
2: <laughs> right, yeah, just like
0: yeah. be brave and do it, but yeah, it is a little stressful <laughs> still,
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure
0: <laughs> yeah, um well, that's that's cool that you have a long arm, and I mean, I can see it, so, like, yeah, I, I just wasn't sure if you did it for other people or if you were mostly just doing it for yourself and
1: that is one of my goals for next year is to start opening it up to just like the general public, but it will be on a limited basis just because I don't want to overcommit myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cause it can build up and you're like, oh my gosh, you can go from having like one quilt to do to the next day, you have like seven just piled up and you're like, wait a second, what just happened? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's crazy how quickly it piles up. But and especially if you're still working full time, it's like if quilting's not your full time thing, then yeah, trying to fit it in and make sure it's you know flowing it's it's a tricky thing to you know manage the side hustle but
1: <laughs> yes yes and it's been very busy this year so which is good I really like it I definitely enjoy the quilting part of my life better than the corporate part of my life mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah
0: so what do you do what's your day job
1: so I work for a large telecom company and my job is writing processes, mm. which has really been helpful with writing patterns because everything I learned for process writing, you know, almost directly translates to writing quilt patterns. So yeah. it's it's been really good, but I I look forward to the day I can do quilting full time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice change of pace. I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to advocate for you being able to quilt full-time because it's really magical to be able to do the thing you love all day every day
1: (laughs) I I think about it all day every day so I might as well you know yeah in on that
0: (laughs) yeah right (laughs) that's so funny um so when you when did you start doing the randomly generated quilts and like how did you get the idea for that
1: so last summer, AccuQuilt reached out to me. They wanted to do an interview and have me um, as a, like a spotlight gallery. They were doing a virtual gallery thing. Mm-hmm. So that's when I first started talking with them. And they sent me the AccuQuilt go me, the little cutter and a couple dies. Mm-hmm. So I was just playing around with them. And each die comes shrink wrapped with a little card. That's like a pattern to make a block with that die. So they were just sitting in my cupboard for a while. I'm like, yeah, that's you know cool and it looks like a fun thing. And I've done um scrapbooking. Like my mom was really big into scrapbooking. So we had the scissors yeah. and the die cutters for paper. Oh, yeah. and all oh, that. So yeah. I was familiar with like how it worked and the benefits of die cutting. Yeah. Um, but I, I wasn't like truly inspired by it. And then what I did is I took all those little cards and I made a little book out of them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just kind of one thing led to another. I'm like, Oh, this is a cool idea. What if I used this and just made random blocks used up my scraps Mm -hmm. and made a quilt out of it. No idea what it's going to look like. It might be a hot mess, which admittedly it is, but (laughs) it's a cool hot mess. So it was, um, last October is actually when I did that. So it's been a year. Um, I started on October first, And when I was planning it out, I was originally thinking, okay, it's going to be 64 blocks total. I knew that because I was doing eight by eight. Mm -hmm. And if I do like three or four blocks a day, this series will be over in, you know, it was like two or three weeks. It Mm -hmm. wasn't a terribly long series, because I didn't think people would be that invested in it. Mm. And I was very wrong about that. (laughs) So after the filming the first couple episodes, I'm like, this is too, like trying to do uh, like three or four blocks is too much to fit into 60 seconds, Mm -hmm. like rolling and picking the fabric and then sewing it and then like trying to go to a second block. So I'm like, well, I'll just do one block and we'll just see where it goes. If people lose interest in my, my views tank, then I'll just, you know, abandon ship and try something else. Yeah. But it got really popular and people were really invested in it they looked forward to seeing the new episode every day so I like I had to stay on top of it yeah so it ended up being I think about 53 episodes because there were some episodes that were two blocks Mm. um if I rolled something simple like a four patch
2: yeah
1: as my first block then I would just make a second block because those videos ended up being like 10 seconds you know (laughs) there's not much to it
2: yeah
1: um and it just Every day, like, I was getting, like, a hundred new followers and all kinds of comments and likes. Um, Wow. My primary social media platform is TikTok. Mm. So I was posting there. And I'm like, well, I'm posting it there. I might as well post it to Instagram as well. I've already made the video. I have the content. Let's just post it. And that really made my Instagram blow up Mm -hmm. because I was at, by, at this time last year, I think think I may have been close to 50,000 followers I know Mm -hmm. I was over 25,000 followers Mm -hmm. on TikTok on Instagram though I was at like 2,000 like it was there was a huge gap between the two platforms yeah but since posting the randomly generated I'm now at like 67,000 on Instagram which is still behind TikTok but it's a much smaller gap yeah so I, I found a whole new audience over there because I was posting those videos so I'm very Thankful that I listened to myself and posted them. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, I just thought it would be a fun, weird thing to do. Um, I see lots of other creators doing like roll for blank. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a guy on TikTok, I forget his handle now, but he does roll for sandwich like every oh, yeah. day at lunch. I've seen that. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he rolls for what his sandwich is. Yeah. Um, I didn't learn about him until after I started. Oh. Doing mine? Because a lot of people were tagging him and saying, oh, you, this is just like so-and-so. So it's like, "Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs>
0: you're like, cool, I guess.
1: <laughs> right? But there, there's like um, a potter. She makes mugs. Mm. And she would do something similar, like a roll for type series. And there's like a roll for puppet, oh. And like roll for outfit, Like just what outfit you're going to wear for the day. So like lots of these randomly generated things I've seen people yeah. use like a random number generator app or okay. some other way to decide and i like the idea of rolling the dice. Yeah. So I went and just bought a set of D&D dice mm-hmm. and used that. I have way more dice now. <laughs> <laughs> um and it just yeah it, it was something fun and different to do that i hadn't seen done in the quilting world. Yeah. And it really got popular as i neared the end because i knew how many blocks there were going to be. People were both excited and sad that it was coming to an end. Yeah. So then I planned my second randomly generated quilt, and I didn't want to just do the same thing a second time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So with the second one, I used a fat quarter bundle. So mm. it was a you know pre-curated collection of fabrics, Yeah. and it was Sweet Shop by Andover Fabrics, and mm. every colorway had a polka dot and a stripe.
0: Yeah.
1: So with that one... And I probably won't do it again that way, but um, I would roll for which block I was going to make,
2: mm-hmm. roll
1: for the color, and then roll again for odds or evens if I was going to use the stripes or the dots.
2: Mm.
1: And it like, I got confused on, like, if you go back and watch the episodes, I got confused on several blocks and used the wrong fabrics, but it is what oh, it no. is. <laughs> <laughs> um, that one, they were larger blocks. So there was only 16 blocks. So it was like a two week mm. series. Um, it was much shorter but people really liked that also and by the end of 2022 people like I was getting comments and they're saying I want to be involved how can I you know play along and and do this with you so that's where the um, idea of the 2023 community quilt came to be okay I had had the idea I'm like oh how cool would it be if like people sent me fabric to use in this quilt Mm -hmm. like well that's dumb. No one's going to do that. No one's going to pay and like pack up fabric and send it to me for free. And then um a follower on Instagram messaged me and say, "Hey, this would be a cool idea if you did this." And basically mm. said exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, "Well, if someone took the time to send me a message to say something I've already been thinking, then there must be some validity to it. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it's going to go somewhere." Yeah. So that weekend I went out and got myself a PO box cuz I didn't want to be publishing my home address out on the internet. Right and you know announced the 2023 community quilt how it was going to work you know what size fabric to send me where to send it Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff and for the first like three months like I was flooded with incoming mail like it was insane I still have a huge bucket to go through but I'm determined I'm going to get the quilt done by the end of the year Mm -hmm. so I have a lot of sewing to do I've gotten fabric from all over the world which is like mind-boggling to me like stuff from Scotland and Australia and Japan and France just everywhere it's just amazing
0: that's so cool how fun and so with that I think I saw that when you're finished with it your plan is to raffle the quilt
1: yes so right now the plan is to raffle it off with the proceeds benefiting the Trevor Project okay which is an LGBTQ um, organization they are nationwide in the u.S I was trying to find something worldwide because fabric was coming from worldwide but that just got out of hand so mm. <laughs> I at least wanted to go national because people from all over have been sending in to benefit or to yeah. to create it yeah um so when the time comes I'll like, kind of give some detailed instructions on how to do it but I'm not collecting any of the money everything's gonna go straight to the organization
2: okay so
1: like people will make their donations and then send me their receipt as kind of their raffle ticket Mm. and then I hope that on either December 31st or January 1st we'll be able to pick a winner raffle you know yeah see how much money we've raised and and all that so I'm really excited about it
0: That's really exciting. And when people have a hand in something too, it's like they can see their bit of fabric in a project like that. It's like so exciting. And, you know, I, I would want to share it with everybody I knew so that they could go, you know, potentially win this thing that I contributed to and help a great cause and, you know, get the word out there. So I think like, that's such a cool idea for, you know, continuing to involve the community and, building something bigger than themselves and do it through quilting cuz i mean who doesn't love a quilt
2: <laughs> right yes yeah
0: and that so many hands have touched it in in some way from all over the places yeah it's really special
1: people get really excited when they see the episode with their their fabric in it oh, my God.
0: i would squeal
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's so fun and I mean, do you think you're going to end up with way more fabric than you can use on this one? Or are you planning to use every bit that comes in?
1: I'm going to try my best to use everything that was submitted this year for this year's quilt. I might continue this into next year and do a new quilt. Mm. haven't decided on that yet. Yeah. Um but like I'm I'm determined to use everything. I'm hoping everything can at least be incorporated into a block on the front of the quilt, but worst case I would use it to help build the backing for the quilt.
0: Mm, okay.
1: So it all get included in some way.
0: Okay. That's good to know. At least like people aren't going to be hanging on like hoping that their fabric doesn't, you know, just get pushed to the side. Not that you would like, oh, I can't use this, but I don't know. I just didn't know if you had another one in mind or you're like already thinking about next year's, pro. you know, a project for next year like that, or, but I'm yeah. sure it's a huge undertaking.
1: <laughs> it is. It's been a lot of fun though. Um, I might change the rules up a little bit if I do a 2024 and it would mostly just be limiting the number of fabrics you can put in an envelope.
2: Hmm.
1: Um. Because, you know, sometimes I'll just get one piece of fabric. That's great. You will get the little story that goes behind it. Sometimes it's two. But Mm. I've had a couple that are like six, seven, eight, nine.
2: Mm. And
1: that's usually like more than a single block can be made from. So then it like bleeds into the next block. And just trying to manage that got a little difficult. So that would probably be the only thing I change for next year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which seems reasonable like you can only put so much fabric into a quilt yeah before it gets unreasonable and unmanageable because I mean let's face it it's you know they can get too big and they can get too PC. and if you want to make something that someone wants you know in the long run then there are limits to that ultimately so
1: yeah Still have no idea how big this quilt is going to end up, but I think it's going to be bigger than, I mean, I know it's going to be bigger than 64 blocks, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to keep making blocks and then find a way to put them together.
0: Yeah. That's great. That'll be so cool. And hopefully it raises a ton of money because that's... a.
1: am hoping so. <laughs> it's a lot of work. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. And just for a great cause and, you know, giving to a project that's doing such great work out and nationally, you know, it's like we need to see more efforts put into that so yeah that's awesome do you have a project this year that you've worked on that's your most favorite that you've done like for your personal self not necessarily for you know a community thing but
1: um I've done so many this year Mm -hmm. I keep track well I now keep track of all the quilts I make because I number them
0: oh that's so smart
1: and so far this year, I've done 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 quilts so far in 2023. Wow. Um, I'm not sure which would be, well, my favorite probably would be the crumb pieced double wedding ring that I did in June. Mm. Yes, I did that in June. And that was, again, trying to use up my scraps because my scrap bins are insane. Mm -hmm. And I got to use um, Kona's 2023 color of the year, which is Crush, which Mm -hmm. is like a, it's a red, but it's kind of like on the pinky orangey side of red, Mm -hmm. which is a really fun color.
2: Yeah. So
1: that was like my base color. And then all of the arches and the cornerstones were all just pieced or scrappy. Oh, wow. So it was a lot of fun. It's a lot of curves, Mm -hmm. but I got really good at curves by the end.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Those, like, the the wedding ring pattern is chaotic. I mean.
1: <laughs> it, it definitely can be, yes. It's
0: beautiful, but it's, like, I've seen them more often, like, as vintage pieces that people are, like, bring to be long-armed because, like, oh, my great-grandma made this and I want it finished. And it's mm-hmm. all hand-sewn and, you know, these, like, old fabrics that are just kind of falling apart and the curves are always a mess and I feel so terrible because it's like the centers of the rings are always like so volume like voluminous is that the word
1: (laughs) yeah like there's there's too much fabric so how do you get it to lay flat yeah
0: Yeah. so and it's like you have to treat the fabric so carefully because it's so old and so and it's funny because I literally just had someone yesterday ask me if I could make one for like they want to commission me to make one for them and I'm like oh boy
1: (laughs) (laughs) I used the AccuQuilt die for Mm -hmm. it and I have to say that definitely made it doable Mm
2: -hmm. because
1: it puts little notches to line up along the curves and that makes the world of difference
0: that's so nice yeah I might have to like figure out what to do because you know we have a Sizzix
2: <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> so I'm like I'm like you know, I we had all the scrapbooky stuff and and we do use the Sizzix for things still for quilting like if we need hearts or if we need you know smaller squares or something we'll just like mm-hmm. use that because it's faster and more accurate but um, yeah it's it's making me nervous but that's I I love that crush color it's so beautiful like I'm not usually like an orangey red girl, but man, that one was like, it looks delicious. I think that's why I like it. It reminds
1: me of like, like, I just think of like, not Hawaiian punch, but just like a tropical drink is what it always reminds me of. Plus the, I mean, the name Crush, I think of like Crush Soda. So yeah, yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, What is your favorite fabric to work with? Do you have like a favorite line of, of fabrics or manufacturer?
1: Um, it varies. So mm-hmm. I have like my quilting and then I also have like, I make all my own shirts out of quilting cotton. Mm-hmm. So I love Alexander Henry fabrics. Mm-hmm. They have lots of really fun prints and designers. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found that I gravitate a lot towards Dear Stella. This shirt Ooh. I'm wearing today is actually Dear Stella. Yeah. Um, And also Free Spirit fabrics. Mm. I love like Free Spirit. You're guaranteed there's going to be some fun, bright cutlers
2: <laughs> yeah
0: absolutely how fun yeah and it's so cool that you make your own shirt it's like I mean I guess you were sewing clothing before you quilted so it makes sense
1: but yeah I, I mean the kids clothing I was making was like knit wear so it was mm-hmm. with serger and it was super simple designs uh last May I bought some fabric to make myself a shirt and so that was the first one I'd made for myself
2: mm-hmm.
1: and also with buttonholes which I previously was not very good at. And (laughs) since then, I think I've made like 30 something shirts now. And I have like a dozen more cut out ready to be sewn. And then a stack of fabric that I've bought to turn into shirts. So it's Mm -hmm. a little, a little out of hand.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you'll never, you know, run out of clothes to wear. So that's good. I think, you know, when people make fun of having like a big stash or like sewing, I'm like, I have the most practical hobby on the planet I will never be cold I will always have figure out how to have clothes on my body like I don't make garments but I could figure it out like
2: right yeah
0: once you sew you can figure things out I mean I helped my youngest make he brought home some like 90s curtains and from the thrift store and he's like I want to make pants out of these and I was like what <laughs> <laughs> like all right so we you know we got his favorite pair of pants because he loved how they fit and I'm like all right here's how we're gonna cut out the pieces and showed him how to like make the swoop for the inseam and you know mm-hmm. you got to pay attention to this and showed him how to use my sewing machine and he made them I don't he needs a zipper and it's still and I'm like well I can show you how just if you need a zip he's like it's fine and I don't even know if he actually wore them or what but there's still gold fringe I keep finding it all around the house because
2: it <laughs>
0: came off of one of the curtains and even though he doesn't live here anymore because he's 18 and moved out I was like oh good there's more gold fringe oh boy from those curtains but anyway it's like that was fun but making garments is a different beast than sewing straight seams yes, yes but well your shirts look great and i never would have known that they were it's like they look store bought so that's good
1: yeah i I, so i started getting comments on them on my videos i'm like okay well clearly this is not my brand identity so i gotta (laughs) keep going with it yeah um but people will comment a lot about like how i perfectly match up on the seam like Mm -hmm. the front center and then on the pocket like i perfectly match the pattern yeah and I've done a video on how to do that so every time someone comments it, I'm like here's how you do it it's not as hard as you think <laughs> yeah
0: that's so yeah because I that always seems so tricky like how do I not make it look all crazy and because when it's off it's like I can't look at your shirt like I can't look at your pants I can't you know
1: <laughs> right I have a couple shirts that don't match because they were before I like it made sense in my head and I figured out how to do it mm-hmm. and I rarely wear those shirts because mm-hmm. I'm like, everyone's like almost expecting me to have this cool shirt with everything perfectly matched so I can't like you know wear one that doesn't
0: yeah you don't <laughs> so. want to break people's brains right <laughs> go from having perfection to not perfection is like can't break that that brand identity can't <laughs> yep. keep it crisp <laughs> yeah pattern matching on on fabric is it can be tricky and I've done it you know a few times for myself and thankfully like for the most part when we have client quilts like if they bring it just to be long-armed they've done the pattern matching themselves or they just don't care so they've already pieced their backings but when we have you know commission quilts i'm like let's buy extra wide because i do not want to piece this backing i try to avoid it at all costs
2: <laughs>
1: i love extra wide backing because i don't um, want to like i've already spent hours and hours piecing the top i don't want to sit down and piece the back <laughs>
0: exactly yeah. and it's like long seams and especially if you're pattern if you have to pattern match because it's directional or whatever it's like oh please help me <laughs>
1: I've never pattern matched on the back of a quilt. I'm like, it's the back of the quilt. It's fine. Yeah. I do at least try to make sure the pattern's going in the same direction because I do have somewhere like I just folded it and sewed. I'm like, oh, but now like this side's going this way, this side's going this <laughs> way, but whatever. It's the back of a quilt.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, ugh, it's a whole different thing. But yeah, I'm with you. It's like, I don't want, I'm done. I'm done piecing. I'm going to put this thing on the machine and I'm going to be done with it. <laughs> but. That's fine, so if you had to pick a part of the process that's your favorite, what I mean, I mine's long arm. I love long arming the the quilt when it's done, but
1: that's really hard because I really like all aspects of quilting mm-hmm. um of like creating a quilt. Mm-hmm. I really do like the design aspect and figuring out like how I want my vision to come to life. So mm-hmm. that's probably my favorite,
0: yeah. I can imagine I mean as as a pattern designer, it's probably feels really like satisfying to come up with take what's in your head and put it on paper and make it reproducible and
2: yes, share it is it. yeah, yeah,
0: that's so cool how oh, fun yeah i I mean, I don't design patterns, so you know I can be a little more leaning into the the long arming, I guess because that is where I get to design you know I get to help people put personality to their quilts and it's fun but
1: my air conditioner just kicked on so I'm going to turn it off so it's not too loud in the background
0: I can't hear it at all
1: oh good okay so, so the the room I'm record like I'm in uh-huh. is At one point in time was the garage. So the, like the air handler is right next to me. Okay. And as I'm recording my videos, I'll be like in the middle of something and it kicks on and it's not quiet. Mm. And my, like my microphones are pretty sensitive. Yeah. I'm like, "Ah, okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that is one drawback of the small space I have is just that that is in the room. So if Mm -hmm. ever I get to move or create my own space... It's gonna Mm -hmm. be far away from the like the heater and furnace and everything.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't hear it at all. So Okay, good. You can keep it on if you need it because I know the weather's been fluctuating up and down. It's it was like freezing cold here over the weekend and now it's like this whole week. It's supposed to be like eighty tomorrow. I'm like, why?
1: (laughs) And you're in Idaho, right?
0: Yeah, I'm in Boise. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't even know. (laughs) Like heat turn the heat on no put the air air con back on
2: turn the heat back on put the
0: air con back on it's like
2: it's that
1: time of year it's yeah bouncing back and forth
0: yeah and like for some reason my cucumber has my cucumber plant has decided to like mass produce like oh I have 10 cucumbers in my fridge right now (laughs) and there's probably like (laughs) seven more out there that are going to be ready in the next week or so I'm just like well it's why it's October why am I still getting cucumbers
2: but yep.
0: it's fine, fresh produce, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Take it while you can.
0: Yeah. So you said your space it was was part of the garage. Did you did you renovate it yourself or was it
1: so when we bought the house, it was I think they were using it as a bedroom. Mm-hmm. It was a really interesting layout. So you mm-hmm. would come into the house, you would go through the kitchen into what we're using as our primary bedroom but I think it used it was intended to be like a family room Mm. but like there's a door to it so it's closed off Mm -hmm. um you would go through that room through a walk-in closet to then come into this room so like you don't do this big weird loop
2: yeah and
1: behind my design wall there's an exterior door oh um, because it it was a garage so there was like a side door to Mm -hmm. the yard um When the house was originally built, though, this was like a carport or just the driveway. Um. So we're like, okay, well, that doesn't make any sense to have it, you know, access that way. So we moved the door from being through that closet to just straight into the living room. So it's Mm -hmm. easy access now. Mm -hmm. But the floor was still sloped from it being a garage because you have it slope out for like runoff or whatever. Mm -hmm. And. It was one of the very first projects we did when we bought the house. We decided to fill in the floor. It was 8,000 pounds of concrete oh that we God. did ourselves. Wow. And I highly recommend no one ever do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> it bit off more than we can chew for sure. Like it turned out okay. There's a couple little like bumps in the floor, mm-hmm. nothing major. Um, But it was a lot of work and it would have been worth it just to pay someone to do it.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Wow. That's bananas. Yeah. It's like so funny to see what people do to their own homes and then they sell them and you're like why?
1: <laughs> I've had that cuz this is like the third property I've owned mm. through the years mm-hmm. and the um I used to live in Arizona and the house that I had there some of the stuff that was done I was like that makes zero sense yeah. of why this is the way it is. So I I fixed it for me and my family to have it make sense for us and so someone's probably thinking why did they do it this way it makes no sense so right yeah but when we were house shopping the things you see are just like
2: Mm -hmm. what yeah
1: this house wasn't too bad it was someone had used it as like an investment property and rented Mm -hmm. it out so it was really bland and boring you know Mm -hmm. renter style so it it was good for us because it was move-in ready and then we could just paint it and You know, get rid of the carpet and do like cosmetic things, but nothing like had to be done to it.
0: Yeah. That's so nice. Yeah, this where I'm at is actually in the garage too. So we um actually built this garage or this little office into our garage because we had a bit that was just deeper than the other side. And Mm -hmm. so my husband was like, I'm gonna wall it off and but it has you know, we have, we put put a door, this door right here, but then there is the door that goes to the side yard is in this room as well. But we've like had to soundproof it because we live on a busy street. So it's oh. locked off right now, but I could get out if I need to. So it's like safe, but it's just funny. Like the things that you just kind of end up doing to your own house. And I'm like, if we ever sell this place, people are going to be like, what in the hell is happening out here? Yeah. <laughs> but It's it was necessary because we didn't really have anywhere else in the house that I could do this. So, right without all the traffic noise. <laughs> so, but it's kind of nice that you have a little, you know, built in studio that you can access anytime you want. And
1: yeah, it was a, a must have when we were house shopping. I wasn't quilting yet because we bought the house in 2018. And I didn't start quilting till 20. Well, no, we bought the house in when did we buy it? March of 2018
2: mm-hmm. and it
1: wasn't until like later that summer that I like started quilting but mm-hmm. you know I've always been like a sewer or a crafter of some kind I'm like I just need a space with yeah. a door that I can make a mess and close the door and walk away from it mm-hmm. Um, so we were like it needs to be two bedrooms plus you know whether it's a third bedroom or a den an office some kind of space yeah and we got really lucky finding this place because it's actually four bedrooms plus my sewing room so nice it worked out but yeah it was an absolute must to have some kind of dedicated space for my creative endeavors
0: yeah yeah that's nice I know once our youngest moved out then it's like okay sorry but we're taking your room and (laughs) (laughs) um that's where I sew now so it's finally I have my sewing space back at home but nice um, I was having to wait until I was at my parents house you know like cutting Mm. into my working time to 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 do personal things but now I can sew at home so it's really it's been good it's been invigorating like feeling like I can finally do what I want to do on my own time and
1: that's really nice yeah it's I get cranky when I I'm not able to be creative it's really my outlet so that's how I kind of decompress from work and just Mm -hmm. get all my my angst out uh, yeah. So when I'm not able to just sit down and sew or, or create,
0: mm-hmm. I get
1: cranky for yeah. sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. I need, I need my time to do something crafty and whether that's sewing or crochet or, you know, whatever else I decide to pick up, but <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's important. And I think, you know, making it more of a priority is important and because i think we underestimate it as a society as a whole like creativity is so important and that that accomplishment you feel when you make something with your hands no matter what it is is super important and i love to see it happen and so that's really good do you um are you familiar with jenny grover
2: Mm, it's sad
1: like her name sounds familiar
0: yeah she's just she's um like a wellness coach for makers but she specifically focuses mm. on like you know the mental health of of makers and quilters and she doesn't just focus on quilters but um i i chatted with her and she's she just recently posted something about 10 ways you know pe- creative people can you know make sure that they're creating every day and at least for 10 minutes to kind of get that creative energy out and flowing. And it's just interesting. And I just, I love the advocacy for it because I'm in the creative space, right? Like mm-hmm. So of course I want to see that, but also just all the neuroscience that's going into it and all the, you know, benefits that are showing in, in mental health studies and
1: okay yes I have heard of Jenny Grover because I follow her on Instagram and I recognize her so with her pink hair well currently pink hair I don't know if it's always pink (laughs)
0: oh yeah no she keeps it pink (laughs) yeah so anyway it's just great to like to just meet people who are making their creative time like a priority in their lives and and Mm -hmm. pushing that for other people too like whatever it is, it doesn't have to be what I do, but whatever it is that you want to do, just make time for it. And, you know, we'll be healthier and happier people at the end of the day for it. So, Mm
1: -hmm. you know, (laughs) know? you'll always hear people say, you know, quilting is my therapy, like Mm -hmm. Angela Walters, that's her actual business name, but people will joke about it, but I'm like, it it really, there is something behind that. Mm -hmm. Like, whether it's quilting crochet knitting whatever your passion is Mm -hmm. being able to spend time on your craft and your art Mm -hmm. to escape the world and your other obligations your stresses of the day whatever it may be like Mm
2: -hmm.
1: it's really grounding and it's I don't know there's there is a lot of benefit to it yes absolutely so yeah I, I do wish more people would invest more in that aspect of their own lives
0: yeah they'd be much happier I think so less cranky people out there Mm -hmm. less judgy people out there I think too. that would be nice (laughs) you know yeah there's and you know you can find a state of flow I think in creativity that you can't necessarily always find like in your day job or you know in other aspects that have to be more focused and technical it's like finding that balance between something that's challenged just challenging enough but also just rewarding in the sense that you've made something and you're doing something new, but also marrying skills that you already do have a little bit of like Mm -hmm. that is also, you know, highly important of, of finding that and being able to feel that. Cause I think some people don't ever or haven't felt that, you know, if ever, not in a long time since they were really young. And, and I think that's another kind of, booster for mental health and wellness is just being able to be in that state of just like nothing matters except what you're doing not to the detriment of anything else but you just can find yourself in that zone of like you lose time and you lose kind of the sense that anything else is important for those moments that you're working on Mm -hmm. that thing and um, I you know just did studies on on flow state and, um, me high chicks and me high. He's like, that's kind of his brainchild is like the state of flow. And he's got all this, he's got a book about it. And, um, it's just really interesting, like learning about, you know, building, building your own life, but also working within organizations that value that and find Mm -hmm. ways to help people find, find their flow within the organization is like, everybody's happier. Everybody's more productive and they They don't have to put as many hours in because they find that state of flow so easily and they can get more done because they're just in it and they're not being interrupted with frivolous crap that like gets in the way of you doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing or that you want to be doing. And I think, you know, when you're in that creative space, you can find that so easy because you don't have the pressures of, of other people interrupting you or, you know, your boss being like i need a meeting with you and you being like i don't want to
2: (laughs) (laughs) right yeah
0: anyway yeah well cool i'm so happy that we got to chat and it's been so nice meeting you and you as well thanks learning about your your endeavors and all your fun projects and we'll look out for the raffle for that the quilt to benefit the trevor project and hopefully you'll do another um randomly generated quilt soon
2: (laughs)
1: yes my my scrap bins would appreciate that (laughs) yeah
0: yeah it's so fun to watch and such a creative way to encourage people to go through their scraps because they can follow along with you and
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know if they have the Aki quilt templates and that that's even better so
1: (laughs) yeah yeah you can make the the blocks without it because they're just traditional quilt blocks Mm -hmm. Uh, but it definitely makes it faster yeah that is for sure
0: yeah So where can um, people find you online?
1: So I'm most active um, on like TikTok and Instagram Reels, but I'm also on Facebook and YouTube and now threads kind of, (laughs) Um, but I'm under at Rose City Originals on all of the platforms.
0: Perfect. And I will put links to all of that in the show notes so that people can get to you really easily. They don't even have to try to spell anything. (laughs) Awesome. So yeah, we'll get it out there.
1: Thank you.